Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. On February 15, 2003, up to 30 million people many of whom had never demonstrated before, came out in nearly 800 cities around the world to protest against an impending war, the Iraq, the Iraq War. We Are Many is a never-before-told story of the largest demonstration in human history and how that movement created by a small band of activists changed the world. This fearless, thought-provoking documentary is a remarkable inside story behind the first ever global demonstration and its surprising and unreported legacy. Well, it won't be unreported for too much longer because we're here with the, the director of the film, that would be Amir Amirani, and he is here to talk about this. Like I said, it's a wonderful documentary film. Amir, welcome to Film School Radio. It's a pleasure to be with you. Thank you for having me. And thank you so much uh, for what you've done here. Uh, oftentimes, particularly at what the political margins, things that happen that are consequential, that are meaningful, are often kind of either written out of history or not included in the historic record to the degree that they deserve. Because I think a lot of people have forgotten what happened in the lead up to mm-hmm. the Iraq War. Tell me a little bit about what inspired you to do this documentary. What inspired me was that I, I took part in it. You know, I, this had never happened to me before. I'd made films about all kinds of different um, subjects, but not anything that I was directly involved in. So I was in Berlin in February 2003 at the Berlin Film Festival, making a short film, actually. And I knew the protest was coming. And I thought, hey, what do I do? Do I go back to London where I live or stay here in Berlin? And I thought, hey, you know what? I'm here. Let me go here. And it was huge. It was just powerful. It was cold. And there was an amazing energy. But then I went back to London and my friends there said, wow, Amir, you missed something. And I said, what did you mean? They said, you know, it was huge. It was like, you know, and I said, well, it was big in uh, Berlin and half a million people. They said, no, you have no idea. There's two million people here. And the people, the energy with which they spoke, people who I'd never thought of as being people who go on protests was like an interesting insight. I thought, well, this is really unusual. And then I felt like sad that I'd missed it, even though I'd been on it in Berlin. And I thought, this is interesting. I feel like I'm, I'm sad about missing some historic moment in, in London. And I, it just started to play on my mind until one day I thought, hang on a minute. There is a story here, you know. Uh, something's shifted. Right. The biggest protest in the world, lots of first timers who never had gone on a protest. Um, there is something to look at here. And I felt in my bones that it portended something. Yeah. That when something as big as that happens, as historic as the biggest mobilization of humanity in history, that's not a coincidence. There's a story. And as a filmmaker, I was really drawn to that. You know, I wanted to know whose idea was it? Who organized it? You know, how did it become this thing? Bearing in mind that this was before social media. This was 2003. You know, the only thing we had was email. Right. So all of those things came together and I thought, there's a story here that as a filmmaker, I need to tell. And, and there was one other factor I should add that I thought, going back to what you were saying, this story needs to be told for posterity. You know, history needs to record this moment. Um, and is it, who's going to do it? I don't know. I have the idea. Why don't I try? And, and so I thought I had to do it as a 
as a filmmaking idea and as a as a kind of historical record. And what often happened on the left, um, there there is a tremendous amount of energy uh, mm. around a particular issue. This was an incredibly important thing that these protesters were protesting against. Right. And as was noted, either in your film or I read it uh, a long time ago, and that was that this is the first time in human history that a war had been protested to the degree that the Iraq war was prior to the start of a war. Right. And that is a really important thing. And I think what it's what has happened in since then mm-hmm. is where the world is much more attuned to that mm-hmm. objective, to protesting before something, an impending event happens. So you're, you're absolutely right in your perspective. I think this was a tremendously important people's moment, if you will. Yeah, you're right. I don't think, to my knowledge, there had been such an event prior to a war. You know, the, 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 the ones we think about, you know, Vietnam and, right. and so on, there was a big protest movement once it had started to try and end it. Right. Um, but nothing like this before a war, nothing that was really global. This, I think, was also, this was unique in two, two ways. It came before the war and it was global. Right. Um, and those were definite seismic shifts in the way, you know, people mobilized to right. stop, you know, for these kinds of events. Well, just you, you mentioned the Vietnam War. There really wasn't a substantial protest against the Vietnam War until 1965, 66. And the war had already been underway for several years. If you want to include the U.S. support for the French, it goes back more than a decade. So you're absolutely right. Well, let me ask you then in terms of outreach to the people that we see in the film, and there are a lot of wonderful people in the film, whether Mm -hmm. one or two or three or whatever that number might be of people that you just had to get involved in this project who you needed to talk to. Yeah. Um, like who were the key people? Yeah. You know, it's a very interesting question because initially as I started looking into it, I thought, well, whose idea was it? Inevitably that starts, you know, in the kind of grassroots. Uh, So there were kind of activists in London. They told me about how their initial idea came about. And that actually came together really about a week after 9-11 because they could see the writing on the wall. They then led me to their European... Uh, kind of partners that they talked to and so on. So slowly I started to build a picture and I thought, okay, so obviously I need the people who were organizers. And after a while I started thinking, well, okay, but you know, there's more to this because there's other people, you know, involved who took part in, in, in the protest. And I had to, in a way, the criteria became uh, people who had a direct uh, connection to the day. Either they were organizers or they were people who participated and those people might be high-profile people who lent their voices, like Mark Rylance, uh, like Brian Eno, like you know, various musicians and other people. And then in the end, you know, people say to me, well, okay, so what about the people who were in power, the government people? And I said, well, okay, you know, what I can do is that that is interesting. Um, I can, given their connection to the day in the sense that they promoted the war, they, they pushed for it, I want to ask them specifically about the day. Did the biggest protest in history not give you pause for thought? Um, So, you know, and the reason I stress that is because when we see documentaries made about these sorts of stories, they generally 
go to the you know people in suits, the politicians. Right. Um, so we hear a lot about them. We hear about from them in the news. We hear about them, um, but not very often do you tell the story of people, right. people in the streets, because. Right. For some weird reason, I don't understand. The media don't think that <laughs> that people are agents in history. So my starting position was: let's tell that story. Make sure we get the story of the activists and organizers. And initially, it wasn't in my mind to speak to the politicians, but I brought them in. So in a way, that's the kind of hierarchy of people I thought I had to talk to. I'm so glad you brought that up because this particular film, "We Are Many." And others, other documentaries that I've seen about past events, like protest over a war or, or something like that, mm-hmm. and how you can look back on something now 15, 20 years later mm-hmm. and see how ridiculous these arguments were. They really kind of put a frame around them in the sense of, like, who thought this was a good idea and for yeah. what reason? And then you see the rationale for it, and then you see... Even just if you didn't know anything else, if you see the rationale, you think, my God, yeah, what do they take us for? But then yeah. you start to unpack some of that where you really get into people like Hans Blix and some of the right. other people who are talking about, or uh, El, El Bardadi, um, was it Mohammed El Bardadi? Uh, uh, Mohammed El Bardadi, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, yeah, Mohammed El Bardadi. And how they said it, Scott Ritter said it, said there isn't anything there. Yeah. There and guess what? They were right, they were and right. so, so I mean, this is a this is good for people to watch this and say, well, if it happened then, I have to be extra careful that it doesn't ever happen again. Yes, is that you're you're, yeah. you're completely right, and you know, I'm glad you mentioned Hans Blix. I remember I was talking with my the cameraman that I work with, and we, you know, he'd been shooting a, a, a lot of this uh, with me. And we talked about it and, you know, he said, he said, Amir, you know, I think we really should talk to Hans Blix. And I said, yeah, I think, I think you're right. Uh, I thought it would be quite difficult to, to find him and get him, but we did and we spent a whole day with him. And it was, it was really extraordinary to find people with, um, you know, eyewitness firsthand involvement. Uh, you know, he was the weapons inspector. We see him in the film in the UN Security Council. And he says, you know, it's there on film. You know, there is no evidence. We have seen nothing. And I think that was what made the whole thing even more shocking. Even though the inspectors were saying there is nothing there, there is no reason to go to war. You know, they went to war because now we know, and I think as the film also shows, it was premeditated. It was going to happen. They had decided that this was going to happen. Um, Philippe Sands, the lawyer in the film, who got access to this memo in which Tony Blair says, I will be with you, whatever happens. Right. Um, and I'm sure you remember also Colonel Lawrence Wilkerson, who was the chief of staff of Colin Powell, who says he was part of the team that drew up that presentation at the UN in which Colin Powell holds up that vial and uh, puts his own authority you know, on the line. Well, Lawrence Wilkerson says, uh, we, we hoax the American people, we hoax the international community. Right. We, there was nothing there, and they knew it. It kind of leaves you speechless, really. Yeah. I want to remind our listeners we're speaking with the director and producer of the film We Are Many, documentary film coming out in virtual theaters on September 21st. And also there's a virtual event, International Peace Day, on Monday, September 21st, which I assume you'll be a part of. Yes, there will be a and, Q&A panel. 
How can the people find out about that event? Do you have a, is there a web address or? Absolutely. We are many.com. Okay. Um, it lists all the um, virtual theaters across the country that are taking part. The event is called 100 cities, one night for peace. And we also have close to 40 national uh, organizations that will be virtual hosts as well for their memberships. Um, today, move on signed on. So, um, fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. And not to go too far down this rabbit hole, but I think it, it's in keeping with what we were talking about, which is looking back on these events, we're able to understand history a little more clearly. And you speak with anyone who has any degree of sense around foreign policy, the United States, our involvement in the Middle East. This is now viewed as the single biggest mistake, blunder, by a by a, an empire by a significant military uh, nation since the Romans. I mean, oftentimes they speak of it as you know, there's a there are particular events in in the history of warfare. Yeah. Our our venture into Iraq is considered a massive colossal failure and blunder, and you need look no further than where we are today and how that event still continues to ripple through the Middle East, the destabilization of Iraq, Syria, all of it. All of this, and you never hear anyone in our country talk about taking responsibility for the absolute shitstorm that the, that the Middle East is in terms of stability, national stability, that yeah. we are responsible for. You're absolutely, I couldn't agree with you more. And if you look, you know, Tony Blair now bestrides the world um, making a fortune uh, from the aftermath of the of the war, no accountability. Right. George Bush, no accountability. To my knowledge, not one single person involved in any way with the war and the prosecution of the war has faced any accountability, legal or political. Look what's happened to the Kurds, the Shidi. The people of Syria. There are just so, there's so much wreckage. In addition to the fact that this country has spent, as you say in the film, over three trillion dollars there, right. and will and probably we, spend. Go ahead. I will probably spend uh, as much again, because the consequences for the country um, for decades to come, um, not just in terms of when the most important thing, human life. Yes. Uh, for the Iraqis and for the American uh, servicemen, who those who died, those their families, and the people who continue to suffer from PTSD and and you know hundreds of thousands, yeah. you know. And um, there was at one point in the film, I did have a statistic which I didn't put in, but I think it was uh, some studies that were done about the number of veterans who commit suicide daily, and I think it's something around 11 a day. That sounds right, actually. You know? yeah. And who talks about that? Right. Who talks about the, the price that they are paying, their families, you know, and right. the, you know, and the million plus Iraqis right. who died and their families and nearly four and a half million who were made homeless and, you know, oh, the, the, the devastation yeah. is uncountable. Right. And, zero accountability and I, I, I just want to make one other point which is not to be get you know semantic but although it is described as a mistake and a blunder I would say that 
it was it was conscious it wasn't it was oh, they knew exactly right. what they were doing yeah you're right. you know i so it, it's a small nitpicky point but i just think it, it, it bears repeating that right. this was a, a historic crime well in the last couple of minutes i have with you because i think it's important to move beyond what happened on february 15th and to say the the impact that that demonstration has had moving forward. In the film, you get into what happened in the Arab Spring and how the, the ripple effect of that. I, I, I look at the uh, Women's March on and the inauguration of, of uh, Donald Trump. I look at what happened after Parkland. I work, there are so many, yeah. so many things what happened after George Floyd's murder. These are things that are, are a, in my opinion, a direct result of what we saw on February 15th. Is, right. Do you feel that way, or you? You know, you're absolutely right. I I do feel that it was transformative for so many people. <laughs> In my case too, because it was yeah. my first taste of that, and it it really touched my life. I speak to people all the time who feel the same way. Um, you know, I read an interview a few years ago with Patrice Cullors from one one of the founders and figureheads of the Black Lives Matter movement, and they asked her what movement or uh, event in your life inspires the kind of work that you're doing today. And she said the anti-war movement. Yeah. She said it was her first ever protest. They were out on the street every day. And that was an inspiration to her. Um, and I hear that all the time. And so I think that it really, you can draw a line from that explosion on the streets in February, 2003, right. to so much of what we're seeing today, you know, around the world. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, lest I forgot uh, the Occupy movement. There yeah. are some, but I mean, what happened in Arab Spring, th these are things. And for the first time, I think for a lot of people, even though you go back to the 60s and even into the era, the 80s, when uh, the wars in the Central America were going on, there were solidarity movements around the world, but they were, they were loosely connected and they, they were working in a very small sort of circle of people. Mm. But this was an explosion of consciousness for a lot of people. The understanding that, you know what, someone in, in uh, Damascus feels the same way that I do. Someone in Singapore feels the same way I do. These yeah. are important because people feel siloed and disconnected and don't know, am I the only one who feels this way? And this right. blew that right out of the water. It really did. I mean, another anecdote, um, I was in touch, you know, the current executive director of Move On, when she became the executive director, she, um, she, made a, she wrote an article saying that she was a student when the Iraq war protests were going on. She received an email from Move On saying, this protest is going on, come out. And so she, she did. It was her first protest. And she said exactly what you said. She said, I looked around and for the first time, I saw people who shared my views, who looked like me, who thought like me, and how empowering and energizing that was. And she said that set her down the road of political activism. And lo and behold, she's now running, move on. <laughs> so, you know, how many millions of stories like that are there, um, are there out there? Well, this is terrific. This is a terrific film. We are many, uh, the, as I said, the film is opening in virtual theaters on September 25th. Check it out. Uh, and you said it's wearemanyfilm.com. Uh, no, just wearemany.com. Wearemany.com. 
Com. Amir Amarani, thank you so very much for your time today, for your work, and, and keep it up. And you and your brother are just doing God's work, so continue. And my hat's off to both of you. Thank you so very much for being thank here. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.